It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, December 6, 2022. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. A Sitka-based author has taken a detour into young adult fiction, and the diversion has paid off with a national award. Brendan Jones will receive the Green Earth Book Award in a virtual ceremony on December 7th from Delaware. The award has been presented for the last 18 years by the nonprofit Nature Generation for exceptional work in a genre now called eco-lit, or literature which explores ecological issues. Jones's new novel, Whispering Alaska, was published last year by Penguin Random House. Jones says the story about twin girls who moved to an island in Alaska wasn't his idea. Rather, it was suggested to him by an editor at Random House. However, the novel didn't come together until Jones was living in the Russian Far East on a Fulbright scholarship. My agent um, called up and said, hey, listen, uh, there's a great editor out there, Beverly Horowitz. Would you be interested in writing a story about uh, twins coming from Pennsylvania to Alaska? And I said, I don't know anything about, you know, young adult. And um, Julia, my agent, pointed out, well, you're going to have three of them. And specifically three girls, because you have three girls who are younger now. Um, so I'm sure it's something you've been thinking about. And so maybe you could give it a shot. And so I did. I, I wrote a manuscript and sent it to Beverly. And she said, this is not good. Uh, try again. And I did. And I sent her one. And she said, this is still not good. Try again. Start over. And I went to Siberia and just had a couple months on my own during uh, right before COVID started in March. And I had some time alone, and I just really dropped into some sort of creative space and center one, and she said, we can work with this. And that was Whispering Alaska. Jones says that although the story coalesced into a novel before COVID, writing during the pandemic informed the plot. In fact, Jones says his publisher believes that this is the first young adult fiction to explore the impact of the pandemic on youth. In this case, the twin girls at the heart of the story have suffered the death of their mother, an emergency room doctor. And although they're twins, a rare genetic twist means that they each have a unique experience of grief. So they're grieving their mother's loss, and they've always, they're mirror twins. Um, it's this incredible thing where twins are actually mirrors of each other. They're, they have birthmarks on opposite sides, even their hearts are on opposite sides. It's this crazy phenomena, but... It also means that one is right brain and the other is left brain. So they literally mirror each other. And so when their mother dies, they have very different uh, ways of, of dealing with their death. And both those different ways, one, for lack of better terms, is more type A, one's more you know, type B, is seen through the lens of the Tongass and, and through this small remote island town. Uh, they react so differently. One is much more uh, biology in the classroom and engaging on that level, and the other just wants to get out into the old growth and experience what's there. Jones says that Whispering Alaska is aimed at readers who are around age 12 and up, which in the publishing industry is known as middle grade. He's recently returned to Sitka from a trip to Port Alexander, where he taught the book for a week. And he says that it's been a great way to reach Alaskan kids with a story that's more relatable than the usual novels like To Kill a Mockingbird. His plan is to take Whispering Alaska into other classrooms in Alaska and into high school and university courses he'll instruct in the coming year. Jones has received high marks for his previous work. His debut novel, The Alaskan Laundry, won the 2017 Alaskana Prize and was recognized by Oprah's Book Club. 
The Aleutian Archipelago stretches 1,200 rugged miles across the North Pacific Ocean and Bering Sea. And like much of rural Alaska, fast and reliable internet in those far-flung island communities is either prohibitively expensive or unavailable altogether. So it was a big deal when GCI began constructing an underwater fiber-optic broadband cable connecting them to the mainland. But last week in the Aleutians' biggest city, mere weeks away from the launch date, the cable in Unalaska was damaged. KUCB's Theo Greenlee has more. Telecommunications company GCI has spent two and a half years planning an underwater cable, promising to run high-speed broadband down the Aleutian chain. And things were looking good. The 800-mile fiber optic project had just passed a huge milestone earlier this month when the company actually ran their first test and successfully brought connectivity to Unalaska. But on Monday, just weeks away from the official launch, something damaged the cable. We believe the likely cause is the anchor from uh, a passing vessel. That's GCI spokesperson Heather Handyside. Once our crews identified the damage, we immediately requested the deployment of our fiber splicing ship, and that's a fiber ship that is on standby in the lower 48, um, ready to respond to any incident like this where we require uh, subsea fiber repairs. Um, That ship is on its way. It's estimated to arrive in the next week and will immediately begin repairs on the damaged fiber. Handyside says GCI does not expect the damaged cable to delay the company's plans to turn on service by the end of the year. But you gotta wonder. Millions of pounds of fiber optic cable, 800 miles, two and a half years in the making, a feat of modern engineering just weeks away from completion, foisted by the anchor of a passing ship in Dutch Harbor, the nation's most productive fishing port. What's to say that won't happen again? Here's Handyside. Damage to subsea fiber or fiber breaks is a relatively rare incident, but it does happen. And that's why GCI pays um, and contracts out with a a specialty fiber ship to be uh, available 24-7, 365 days a year to respond to incidents just like this. Um, I have... I've been working for GCI for about six years, and I cannot recall, I maybe recall one time that the ship was uh, called out to do a subsea fiber repair, and that was not due to an anchor, it was due to an undersea landslide. So if that gives you some perspective on how frequent these uh, fiber incidents occur, they, they are very rare. GCI has over 6,000 miles of subsea fiber between Alaska and the lower 48 and has operated those thousands of miles of cable for decades with almost no incidents. And Handyside says the company is working to educate the public, mariners, and anyone who might work around the cable sites. Through outreach and education efforts, both at the local, state, national, and international level, we belong to national and international associations who make it their business to share this kind of information, to prevent these kind of incidents, and we've really strong track record of success. So I feel confident in the future as we continue to talk about this new fiber and as we continue to uh, increase awareness about it, just like all of the other fibers that we operate uh, subsea to the lower 48. GCI says the fiber project is still on track to deliver broadband internet to Unalaska sometime in December. Reporting in Unalaska, I'm Theo Greenlee. 
Students were evacuated from Kodiak's North Star Elementary School after a suspicious package was reported outside the school last week. Local, state, and federal agencies responded, but as KMXT's Brian Venwa reports, the suspicious box proved to be just a box. North Star Elementary students and staff were put on alert Wednesday morning after a suspicious wooden box was placed near the building. Cindy Mika is the Kodiak Island Borough School District Superintendent. Mika says staff notified both Alaska State Troopers as well as the Kodiak Police Department immediately after discovery. The school was placed into shelter-in-place away from the suspicious package. Students were evacuated by bus to Bayside Fire Station by mutual decision of law enforcement and the district in an abundance of caution. According to a statement from Alaska State Troopers, the box turned out to be empty. Troopers contacted the individual who placed the box near the school. The individual said they found it on the side of the road and assumed it belonged to a student or staff member. After the evacuation, parents lined up outside Bayside Fire Station in the cold to pick up their children. One parent, who declined to give their name, shared their experience. We were told that uh, they were sheltering in place and that there was a suspicious package and then we got a phone call saying that we needed to come down here to Bayside and pick up our children. So we're here standing in line waiting to get our kid. The parent says they appreciated the school's caution. Better safe than sorry. It's kind of scary, but just glad they're safe. Kodiak Police Chief Tim Putney says the department worked with multiple agencies to ensure safety during the investigation. Troopers, wildlife troopers and KPD responded to the school and secured the area. Uh, Bayside Fire, Kodiak Fire and U.S. Coast Guard Fire and uh, Coast Guard military police all helped with the aftermath. Agents from the Federal Bureau of Investigation also assisted local law enforcement, according to the troopers. Superintendent Mika thanked emergency response staff and the community for their patience during the evacuation. The professionalism of staff and our law enforcement and fire department partners allowed this effort to go as smoothly and timely as possible. We thank parents, families, and caregivers for their patience and understanding. The district will also review their actions with emergency response partners in an effort to improve future procedures. Students will return to North Star tomorrow, where counselors will be available. In Kodiak, I'm Brian Venois. Taking a look at the community calendar. Outer Coast offers free Indigenous language open online classes for all skill levels noon, Tuesdays and Thursdays, November 8th through December 13th. You can register following a link on the community calendar posting. Sprouts, a free preschool program for children aged 3 to 5 and their parents, is at 10.30 a.m. on Tuesdays at the Sitka Sound Science Center through April. For more information, call 747-8878. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. Thank you.